Good evening and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jamie Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Oh, nothing. Still kind of basking in the glory of, of another trip to Frisco. Yes, yes, yes. It is a good time to be a Duke. Um, welcome in, everybody. Happy holidays, whatever you're celebrating. Um, we're glad to be with you on a joyous occasion here on Christmas week and getting ready for the, the big holidays here. And just so excited with the Duke speeding Weber State over the weekend and advancing to the game we've all been hoping for. Um, couple quick things. We're going to have a really fun show tonight. We've got a really just fun to go around on some overtime questions we got tonight and have, have a good time. Uh, we're going to do a lot about the Weber State game and, and kind of we'll leave most of the big stuff for Frisco ahead the next couple of weeks. Uh, schedule will be a little weird. We, we're going to kind of work out something or other maybe next week. Um, it is the 10th anniversary of the website of us starting this project. So we're pretty excited about that. Some point we'll be celebrating. So excited that, that we forgot. Yeah, <laughs> some point we'll be celebrating that. And I think the week leading up to Frisco, um, we may have a couple of really special guests. Um, maybe some guests we have not, you have not heard from on our show before, and that's pretty could be pretty exciting. Um, I think we, you know, we've had Buckhands on pregame in the past, so not to set the bar's been set really high there, uh, but we might have some cool opportunities to talk to some JMU folks uh, leading up to Frisco. So that's all to come tonight, as always, um, as we have been since we started. We're brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the tap room anytime, mention the podcast, and get a free pint glass. I know quite a few people did that the last couple of weeks with the night game. Um, people made it in just in the nick of time to, uh, before as they were closing down to get in there. But go by there. They're having lots of great music over the holidays, uh, lots of stuff going on. So if you need any last-minute gifts and you're coming through Harrisonburg or you're in the Valley, uh, go by Pale Fire anytime and pick up some great beer. Uh, as we said, we're scheduled to be a little bit all over the place. Um, Rob, the one thing I was thinking about tonight, we, we've got to talk a little bit. I'm very successful before we get into all the football. We should mention a very successful weekend for both hoops programs. Yeah. Yeah, right? Um, with, the, with the men actually hitting free throws down the stretch. How about that? Out. Like, I mean, it, it's all what you want to focus on. Some people will say, oh, they almost blew a lead against Fordham. The other, the other way to look at it is, well, they let Fordham crawl right back into it, but then mm-hmm. I think hit 10 for 10 down mm-hmm. the stretch, mm-hmm. which has been the Achilles heel of this team. So I, I'm trying to do that as maybe a sign that they're getting ready to at least see the bend, if not go around it and turn the corner. Yeah, I mean, I mean they're getting ready for conference play here. Um, they host Hoster Comes to Town this Saturday. Uh, always a tough time. So if you're in the Valley, uh, get on out there. Maybe it's a good time to go check out the Dukes. Um, you know, conference play kicks in, but they did come out of non-con play seven and four. I don't know that we're, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe one more win would have been about where we would, would have put them. Right, Rob? Yeah. I, think I mean, they I, shouldn't I have lost that conference state game, right? I think it's the one that sticks out in our minds. The others, you know, got a win over ODU, got a couple things here and there. So a, an ODU team that has lost a lot in a row. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, as bad as it's looked at times and as much as we come on here and said lots of negative things, um, there's still hope as we head into the conference season. So and just and look around the country. I mean, it, my kids wake up every morning and want to run down and see Sports Center and give it, mm-hmm. and every week they're like, oh, my gosh, another number one loss. Like you can't make yeah. heads or tails of college basketball this year. No, every time can't. I start to think somebody's really good, like, you know, coming out of that tournament, um, 
the mm-hmm. Michigan one. I was like, well, Michigan's the team. Oh, beat Carolina. Well, Carolina's yeah. really yeah, hit, hit trash. Hit you know, Virginia kids, yeah. hit the skids. You know, gave up seventy points. Um, yep. Duke has lost. Kansas has lost. Kentucky's lost. I mean, everybody. It's just a tough, tough game to figure out. Mm-hmm. Now, at the kind of P five level, you'd expect a little bit more of that, and you can maybe rationalize it by saying, well, it's the one and done, so no consistency. But I just think the game in general is there's a lot of parity. And mm-hmm. I'm as guilty as anybody, probably more guilty than anybody, of overreacting to these losses and just kind mm-hmm. of writing <laughs> off the team or or maybe the other direction, getting a little too excited. But um, I don't know. It's the old cliche. You know, any given night, the team could knock them off. And if you want to feel good about JMU or maybe just feel less bad, take a look at what's going on down there in Wilmington. Yeah. I mean, that that is just such a proud program that is either – it, there's no in between for them. They're either absolutely rock bottom, terrible, can't contend in the CA at all, or they're challenging for an upset in the NCAA tournament. That point guard that I thought was fantastic last year, the guy who was a freshman, name escapes mm-hmm. me, Toes, I think, or Taves? Yeah, 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 Taves, yeah, something well, like that. Yeah. Well, did you hear today he announced he's leaving school to go pro back in Japan? Yeah, it's just quitting. Just, everything. just quitting everything. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and they got a coach with a huge buyout who's probably. I mean, it's just a mess. Um, yeah. You never know. I mean, William and Mary, they lost, I think, to St. Francis or somebody in one of these tournaments up in D.C. Mm-hmm. But they've certainly exceeded expectations thus far. And Nathan Knight is a problem. Mm-hmm. That guy is going to be a matchup nightmare every single game for the, for the mm-hmm. CAA. Charleston's had some good games, some bad games. Hofstra, same thing. Northeastern's always good. Cohen's mm-hmm. such a good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Delaware... You know, put together kind of a gaudy record, but has an atrocious strength of schedule, mm-hmm. as does JMU. I mean, I think JMU, yeah. Northeastern, Delaware, and maybe Boston <laughs> are like north of two fifty in terms yeah, yeah. of strength of schedule. Yeah. So we don't, you don't know what we, what we don't know at this point. And Friday night was a good result. We'll see what see what they do against Ulster. Well, and I think it's sad right now that the C- I mean, there's no doubt the CAA is a is a one bid league right now. Yeah. Oh, and there one interesting thing this year. This whole season really doesn't amount to much, is except for maybe getting a buy and you know trying not to play on oh, Pillow Fight Friday or Soft Saturday, whatever it's called yeah. now. Um, but with the tournament being in D.C. again this year, it will be interesting. I mean, it's been a real you know College of Charleston's a they've been probably the best team anyways. Yeah. But B they've also had a they've been the only team that drew anybody to Charleston the last few years. Yeah. Uh, you know, if a team like William and Mary is the number one seed. You could easily see them really – and they're playing at the Go-Go Arena. Like, it's not a huge facility. It's cool. But you could definitely – I mean, if there's a team like JMU or Delaware or William & Mary who's in the mix come the end of the season, it, this could have that feel of – that really sort of slanted feel that it used to be at the Richmond Coliseum again. Yeah. You know, where um, a, a Northeastern might feel – like this is crap, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, and it's all, they, they certainly you know. got the short end of the stick when it was in Richmond. You know, yeah, they they saw, geez, there were like thirty fans. Like, yeah, yeah. So. But even like a Drexel, Drexel, yeah. If they if they end up playing well or making a run, that's only what two and a half, three hours from BC. Yeah. It, it's a mm-hmm. much better location. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be, be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the women's, a couple of wins this um, period as well. Uh, they came up to D.C. And, and sort of pummeled George Washington wire to wire. Mm-hmm. Um, had kind of a very expected 19-point win over Delaware State as well. Uh, Small, Kamaya Smalls was the CAA Player of the Week. Kiki Jefferson, CAA Rookie of the Week. I think we can get used to hearing those two names yeah. for those two awards uh, for the rest of the year. I just want – I mean, there's not much to say about these two wins. I think they were both expected. 
but I do think they they scored 83 and 69 in those two games, and it was really good to see the offense kind of click a little bit. They'd really been struggling to score. Um, and just good that they'd had that long, more than two-week break, and it was good to see them look like they came back improved and refreshed and, you know, Coach O's group, everything he had hoped to get accomplished looks like maybe they got some good work in over that break. Yeah, and you and I have talked about this at length, but it's a different approach. It's a much more team-oriented approach mm-hmm. under Coach O. It's not just one star who's going to bomb away. And Goodness only knows they had plenty of success with some uber-talented players under Kenny right. Brooks, but it was kind of you live and die with one player. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like that. There's more depth, and Smalls is a really good shooter. She's not just a chucker. You know, like no. she, she hoots for a really high percentage. She's not somebody who needs to take 20 plus shots to make an nope. impact. You know, um, I mean, she's, she's very talented, can dish the ball. I mean, she's kind of like LeBron-esque. She can score, she can yeah. pass, she can rebound, she can play D. Um, and mm-hmm. Kiki Jefferson is really settled in, you know, mm-hmm. so far. I think she's going to be really outstanding in CAA play as she continues to get, gain confidence, but she can fill up the box score. She's not going to have these 20-point games or a bunch of double-doubles, but she's going to contribute in every way. So it's exciting that she's certainly living up the hype thus far, Mm -hmm. and I think will continue to do so come conference play. Yeah, and they're 8-2 and with losses to Maryland, that really tight game to Maryland and Virginia. Um, You know, and, and as we've learned quite often in the last decade, there's no margin for error with this team. No. Um, You know, if they get to 28, 30, and 2, whatever it is. I mean, if they run the table in the CAA, I think there's a very good chance of getting an at-large if they leave that really small 2 in the loss column. Yeah. Um, but if they go out and mess around and, and trip up somewhere along the way in conference to a team they're not supposed to... Um, you just don't get really the benefit of the doubt with this do, do not get the benefit of the doubt. So, yeah, the, and they are at home this Sunday at 2 p.m. Um, hosting Robert Morris. So couple of chances to get out and watch the Hoops teams in the Berg this weekend if, ever, if you're around, um, sort of in between the holidays. Always a tough, tough time for crowds with the students long, long gone and everybody distracted, but also a lot of deals on tickets and stuff like that. So um, hopefully some folks will be able to go watch one of the two teams. And with that, uh, Rob, here we go. <laughs> so the Dukes took down Weber State in the FCS semifinals 30-14. to 14 at Bridgeforth Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, they, that was following North Dakota State, taking down Montana State up in Fargo and setting up the big matchup um, in a few weeks. We're going to have a whole lot of time for Bison Smack Talk and, and looking ahead to that game over the next few weeks. But we really need to start by looking back at this game. Uh, Dukes are going to their third championship in four years. That is incredible to think about. Really, really incredible time with a second different coaching staff with really a lot, you know, quite a bit of turnover on the team. Um, There are some leaders that played significant roles back then, but they were not the leaders of the team then. So this is a different team. And we need to celebrate what we've had. And Rob, I know you said you could do a whole show on the end of the first half. I'm sure we will get there. Oh, yeah. Um, But, you know, why don't you for our. Mossy Creek four downs, which may be six or eight downs, um, start us off here. Well, we, let's just – we got to start right yeah. there. I mean, like, I don't yeah. know what it is with you, Tom. Usually after big games, I'll get a call from my dad, whether it's the Dukes or the Giants. Or, <laughs> and the first thing my dad wanted to talk about was the end of that first half. Uh-huh. I mean, you just go – it's just – first off, icing the kickers is just dumb. 
This is dumb. <laughs> so it dumb. never works. There's never, never any benefit to it. Um, the notion that you could ice a kicker who was kicking with the lead at the end of the first half when the same kicker had kicked a 47-yarder with everything in the world on the line right. years earlier. Like, you're not going to get to this guy. Whatever. It, it's just dumb. It's going to backfire. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of silly. I, I think that's such a dumb thing. Kickers go out there. They're going to kick it. They're going to kick it again. No big deal. It's pretty, pretty like a racky who has shown that even when he misses, he's got like that jump shooter's mentality. Yeah. So that was just stupid. But the entire ending sequence <laughs> where it's like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't JMU convert it on fourth? Because it's the playoffs, and that's what JMU is doing in these playoffs. Yeah, yeah. They convert fourth downs. Um, as Chase mm-hmm. pointed out today in that awesome article he has on Hero Sports, I think they're oh, seven so for seven. Good. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy how like they're doing it in all different ways. It's not just like fourth and inches. They're throwing it. And I, so whatever. Mm-hmm. I think they converted one to Polk. Mm-hmm. Um, then they marched down. They had it first and 10 from the winner of 14. Right. There's like a comedy of errors. And yeah. penalties oh. and going back. And Weaver had them all the way back at the 34. So it was minus 20 yards. 34. Fourth and 30 at the 34. Yeah. And yeah. Weaver's like, oh, yeah, we should ice the kicker. Or maybe just take take the fact that you forced JMU to kick a field goal and be a happy 51 about it. yarder. Yeah. yeah. So they try to ice the kicker. Um, don't do it. They call a timeout. Signetti takes a look and he kind of says, screw this, I'm rolling the dice. And they throw well, Nukes in the offense. landed in the there. middle of the end zone. Yeah. And the so, one where they iced it, he kicked, he kicked it, it, and it was well it was short. Well short. And he's yeah. like, what am I doing? We, we got, we're playing with house money here. Came back, and Nukes just dropped a bomb right to Stapleton, who is just yeah. going to give Weber State fans nightmares for years to come. And you go yeah. from, you know, if they had just not done the stupid icing the kicker, they would have walked out of there down, what, 17-7? Instead, yeah. instead they have JMU reconsider, go for mm-hmm. go for it, Score a touchdown, not even convert, and march into halftime with a twenty-four-seven lead, and the, and the game was game over. was over, completely yep. over. You know, yep. so. yeah, it was crazy. Um, that was the worst sequence of four or five plays for, we've seen almost all season from JMU. Yeah, um, just in terms of a like looking d- out of sorts, just right? So I mean, they've made and it was like, like delay of games. I mean, that's was, what I mean. It was two don't, delay of games don't. and another penalty. I mean, it was yeah. just stupid things, and it was. And the delay of games were not necessarily like any one particular player's fault. Just the whole team like, couldn't get it. Together. The whole team, the yeah. coaches didn't get the play in. I don't know what was going on. Mac Patrick didn't seem to know when to snap the ball. I mean, it was just a debacle. Complete debacle. But then yeah. by doing that, given the opportunity, <laughs> by doing that, it's, yes. boom, it was just like a shot in the arm and like, hey, wait, this is fun. Football's fun again. We're good. Let's yeah. let's just go away laughing. I yeah. Mean, and, and yeah, I mean, my, my second doubt, I, I think I, I just want to talk about um, – you just to revisit it, it will come back to other people, but, but Riley, right. I yep. mean, um, he had nine catches for 162 yards and two touchdowns, including the game, essentially the game winner. Um, the, certainly the backbreaker the there at the end of the half. Um, and that's after his previous Weber state game where I think he had eight catches for 187 yards and a touchdown, um, including so, one of the most important catches in Jamie football history. That's right. So these yeah. two plays two times, and this year, that was all with the addition of his brother, Dylan Stapleton, yep. um, who not only had a couple of really good catch, important catches for the Dukes uh, early in the first half when they were playing offense, but also threw some of the key blocks to spring people on some of the other big plays in the game for JMU. Yeah, um, nothing, nothing much to say, but... Well, it wasn't, really it wasn't just the fact that he had a big game. It's 
he did it in so many different ways. There were times there, there were sometimes he just outran guys. Sometimes it was a uh-huh. you know ran a ni- very nice route. Just sometimes uh-huh. he just kind of outmaneuvered them. You know, box uh-huh. box guys out. Other times he just kind of overpowered people. Like he showed all the different ways that he could beat defenders and break a defense uh-huh. in one game. And, yep. and we haven't really seen the kind of like alpha performance from Riley because nope. it hasn't been necessary. But he had yeah, two... saw a little bit of the Villanova game earlier in the year, yeah. and they were tight. Yeah, but that's about it. But yeah. this was just crazy. I mean, this was the type of game that we thought was un- unfairly so. But the mm-hmm. playoff run two years ago, we thought this was the new normal, and it wasn't. It's just the guy can elevate his game mm-hmm. when everything's on the line, and just playoff Riley's the best Riley. It's just... Well, it's it's crazy to think about because two years ago, the Weber State quarterfinal is what launched a Riley three game Mania. run. Yeah, yeah, the three game run with the SDSU, and then the unbelievable performance against NDSU in the championship as well, in the losing effort. Not a fumble. Not a fumble. No, right, not a fumble. Um, you know, launched that kind of, we thought this is going to be it, and we haven't always, for lots of reasons, not necessarily his, I mean, not necessarily his play. Yeah. I think last year, Jamie was just much more up and down. They had all kinds of issues on with injuries, and, it, you know, the end of the season, we know how, how that went. Uh, but this season, it's even, you know, he's had games here and there, but this was really nice. And after Polk kind of getting banged around a little bit last week, uh, what a luxury for the Dukes to have the two of them, you know, ready to go for Frisco now. And Jake Brown as well. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't mm-hmm. get the targets in everybody else, but he's a really reliable receiver mm-hmm. who, like Racky, is a big body um, mm-hmm. and just a tough matchup, particularly when you've got Polk and Riley there. If you've got your third defender or some situations you got a linebacker on him, mm-hmm. that's not fair. No, you know? it's no. just it, it's it's tough. It's a it's a fun offense to watch when it's clicking like it was Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So what about third down, Rob? Um, if we go to the other side of the ball, mm-hmm. one thing that a lot of Dukes fans were very concerned about all year, and I still feel like people express concern about, is the secondary. But the secondary has become mm-hmm. a strength. Yeah, uh, they're just in sync. It's you know. We were very critical in, earlier in the year about kind of the safeties and corners not looking like they're on the same page and there were all these, these huge gaps in the middle of the field or it looked like guys were like releasing to the safeties and they weren't there. You don't see that anymore. Nope. Um, and as great as the pass rush has been, you know, it, it, it's kind of hand in glove where the pass rush helps. Yes. Helps the defensive backs, but the defensive backs also help the pass rush. You mm-hmm. know, when you can – when you can count on just an extra three quarters of a second is all John Daka needs, mm-hmm. you know, is all, is all Carter needs. If, if you can mm-hmm. play good defense on the outside for an extra second or two, that's enough for the JMU guys to get, to get to the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny though. Like I'm just so jaded and I'm still so conditioned to be worried about big passes. There were several times on Saturday <laughs> where I saw that Weber state QB launched it and you're like, Oh no, here we go. And you're always like, absolutely blanketed mm-hmm. and it resulted in just wonderful passes passes defended or pass yeah def- how do you even say- how is that a I verb passes defended whatever pass they, n- they knocked the ball yeah. down they knocked the ball mm-hmm. down um let's see like robinson coming into last year before he got hurt robinson mm-hmm. was the big you know nfl prospect but then jimmy had just all the fireworks and it was exciting and mm-hmm. jimmy f and moreland was made robinson hasn't had that sort of season in terms of the fireworks but he's quietly just locked guys down and played very consistent football. Now mm-hmm. he's starting to make some catching plays. Mm-hmm. Um, like Jimmy, I think he's a very good open field tackler. 
Mm-hmm. He's not going, but he also can kind of lay the wood more so than yep. than other Jamie corners of recent past. Wayne Davis, uh, he's showing yeah. fans why he was like a whatever star recruit coming out right. of Ohio State. Like that guy's just crazy. He's making plays all over the place. And Adam Smith, uh, yeah. another guy who's just been very steady, and I think was probably as responsible as anybody else mm-hmm. for the secondary, just kind of all getting on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done that, but he's also made like highlight worthy plays pretty much mm-hmm. every every game coming down the stretch in the playoffs. So I'm very excited about this the secondary and I did not think I would be that confident. You know, that was my concern early in the season was oh man, they're gonna need to scheme away to to make up for the fact that it's bad back there. It's not we all saw it was crazy talent. It's just maybe like three or four years ago where it took the defense a while to get into Bob Trot's scheme. Yep. Maybe it was the same That's thing it. this year. Where I just they all seem to be on the same page. And we all knew they were talented, but now they're living up to the talent. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, Rob. And I think uh, Coach Heatherman, the defensive coordinator who came down from Maine, where mm-hmm. he had developed a great defense. Well, they talked, Signetti talked early in the season about, they talked so much about fits. Yeah. Right, finding the right fits. And, and you know, that's literally a schematic thing out on the field. Yeah. And I do think there was, a, like you said, I think there was just a, right hand and left hand, you know, sort of in terms of like pass rush versus back end, not being exactly on the same page, especially for guys like uh, Adam Smith and Wayne Davis who play positions that are so they, they need to be such a part of the run defense as well. Yeah. Davis, you know, like that hybrid linebacker. Role yeah. They, like they really need to. And so like understanding what's going on in the full defense um, takes a little while. I, I agree with that completely. And then with Rashad, I, I'm glad you brought him up because I, I think he, People always say when you do, you know, when you have significant injuries, I mean, in his case, it was turf toe surgery or something with his foot, right? Or ACL. You always hear it's the second year back. Yeah. Right. When the guy now Rashad did it, at, you know, he had the surgery before the season last year. So it, it sort of, you know, he had a full year. He had more than a full year, but, but it's definitely, he just looks so much faster. Yeah. He, he looks does. so much. And more than anything, he just like anybody who has a major injury, it's just, he just looks more confident. You just trust like, him yeah. now. Yeah, he's he, he got the his to go. Yeah. yeah, he's doing things, moving to the ball, and that has really freed them up. You know, I, I think they're still covering a little bit on the opposite side from him, mm-hmm. but it's also freed them up to leave him, you know, and let the safeties deal with the other side a little more. And just knowing yeah, you I, can try Tut out there week in and week out. Correct. You know, yeah. he, he's – Guy, we've mm-hmm. always talked about how he's really talented. We've liked him. He's just battled injuries, but mm-hmm. he's now getting playing time every week, and that makes a difference. You get those regular mm-hmm. reps. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just everything just seems in sync in ways that yeah, it did not earlier in the year. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, the defense was almost like so good they were boring this weekend. Yeah, you know, I mean, there wasn't. It didn't. They didn't have. You know, Weber State did a good job up front in terms of protecting the quarterback as best they could. They didn't have the eye popping you know, sack totals or tackles for loss this week, but they didn't really give anything up. No. <laughs> I mean, in the second half, they basically won the second half 6-0 after they were up 24-7 at the half. I mean, they, Weber did score there at the end, but really, I mean, we had to stand, I guess, you know, we had to get nervous for one onside kick, but at the same time, Jamie's played three playoff games, and this was the closest one, and they won by 16 points. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and yeah, I thought Weber was good. I, yeah, I was I, impressed. I thought the QB was decent. I thought the running back showed a lot of talent. I know he didn't. He doesn't have stats that are anything great home because he's going against JMU. But when he made a couple plays that he did make, I was like, well, I can see why this guy is a threat and is somebody that you'd really need to game plan against. Oh, the running back is a good player. Yeah. yeah. 
And I, I guess that'll, that'll take me, Rob, to my fourth down. We'll go a couple more on this tonight. But yeah, I, I, the little bit of frustration, the only frustration I had this weekend was J- JMU's own fans, um, some of them, acting like they're not playing well. Yeah. Like, Weber State's the number three team in the country. They've been in the quarterfinals four straight years. Yeah. Like, they're really, really freaking good. They lost three games this year. One was to Montana, you know, and two were to FBS teams. Well, like, if you're trying to think, like, Saturday night, if you see, you know, LSU beat Oklahoma by 16 points or something, yeah. nobody's going to be like, oh, I don't know, not getting it done. You'd be like, no, it's the national semifinals. <laughs> this is as right. good as it gets. There's, nobody's faking it here. No, same thing you know? the week before with you and I. It's like yeah. it's freezing-ass cold. It's raining. And they shut a team out. Like, yeah. who, well, I, I, who came in second in the Valley? I, yeah. You know, even Monmouth was a 12-1 to team that a lot of people thought could have been the eighth seed. Yeah. You know, um, so I, – I, yeah, it's just people are being I, that part. I'm like, well, we're not looking good, and we're just not putting things together. I'm like, yeah, that's what happens in the playoffs a little bit. Yeah, like, we're 30 points in the playoffs, right? I mean, doing I, okay. Yeah, we're doing just fine. So, and 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 with that, the other part I want to say on this down, Rob, was um, just I always forget. I seem to forget this every single year, and I think part of it is I get so frustrated with a, you know a loss like we all do, like last year with Colgate that. The intensity level um, and the officiating, and I'm not, that's not a, not just a complaint, but I forget how much it ratchets up at yeah. this point in the play. Watching the game, you know, this weekend, you're thinking, man, Weber is so chippy. But you saw both teams sort of little shoves after the whistle, little in each other's faces, you know, that extra step out of bounds. So, Fernando got called for one. And, yeah, although, yeah, like some somebody little, got called for a late hit that I thought was garbage. Oh, it was totally I mean, like garbage. It's, yeah, that one was he, really garbage. He initiated yeah. the contact when the dude's feet were in there. Mm-hmm. And then it looked to me like he was standing mm-hmm. up. And the guy went to the ground. Them's the brakes. That's what happens when you get hit. It wasn't like he finished the guy. Whatever. It's, no. It's not no. good. I, I agree, but. But I, I just always forget that every – I seem to forget that every year. And then it's like a totally different world out there. Um, and JMU has survived and thrived in that world. And, you know, we can only hope that the – I don't know. I mean, all we can hope for – all we can ask for is, you know, reasonably consistent officiating in the championship. But I do think that's kind of the book um, on JMU. And it hasn't worked, but I think all three playoff opponents – have come in and intentionally mm-hmm. been chippy to show like there's a talent deficit. Yes. As good as Weaver is, yeah. Weaver was going on the road to play a very good team. Uh-huh. They knew it was gonna be a tough matchup. They're gonna do whatever they can do to win. Monmouth clearly was chippy. You know, was getting out yes. Of yes, and I thought Northern Iowa was as well. Now it's not to say Jamie you guys aren't mixing up and goodness knows what goes off in the pile of a trash talk or anything. But there's a lot right. of like if you're losing, it's it's like a hockey fight. Mm-hmm. You don't have much to lose if you try to instigate something to spark your team. Right. I mean, what, what are you going to yeah, lose yeah. by more? Particularly like last week in yeah. Northern Iowa, what are you, you're losing. You're, you're not scoring. You got to try to do something. Or it's like a baseball manager trying, you know, getting kicked out of a game or something. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's that. It's worth the risk. Uh, mm-hmm. North Dakota State, I do not expect to be like that. They're they don't need to worry about that. They can kind of play straight up. It's a neutral site, so on and so forth. But that absolutely mm-hmm. has been. What, something that I've witnessed the past three weeks. I, I feel like guys are intentionally going at JMU players after the whistle. Yeah, it'll be funny. I, I, I sort of, I mean, I think there'll be a ton of intensity in Frisco. 
I hope the refs are prepared to deal with the speed and the intensity of mm-hmm. both teams. I don't think it's like a game plan no. for either team in this game. I think obviously both of these teams believe they can win. Yeah, without I'm any to clarify, nonsense, you know. That it, I don't think it was no. like a cheap shot. It was intention. It wasn't a bounty no, thing. But no, I think it was like, hey, yeah. you know what? Let's do it. Like if you gotta, you do what you gotta do to win. And if you gotta yes. twist people's fingers or give them an extra shove, you do it. It wasn't like they were taking cheap shots, but they definitely. I think every team was trying to instigate, trying to go jam you into doing something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, uh, Rob, I don't know if you want to do another one. Um, I've got like, well, one I just got one like things. this yeah. niche guy. Do you think he can get done in the big games? <laughs> there you go. Thanks for taking that <laughs> I mean, over. Clear, clear, so clearly for, I'm kidding, but like go back, no. check Twitter last week when he threw that one pick. Oh yeah. And there's still people yeah. going, Oh, typical nooch. Like get over it. You know, yeah. You know who else threw five interceptions in a game? Vadley. Vadley right. was the first one to start tweeting that. Plus, you're like, it yeah. happens. We don't need yeah. to constantly rehash the Colgate game in, in the court of like no. Jamie public opinion. Um, it is so right. ridiculous. The guy, no matter what happens on Saturday, the guy is a player. He's putting together statistically one of the greatest seasons you'll ever see a Jamie quarterback. But he was it, unreal. It's, I mean, it's just, it, this is it's Signetti. Again, people are never satisfied, but <laughs> Signetti is a run first guy. Run, 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 run. Mm-hmm. Well, he clearly was like, except this week, we're going to put it in Nooch's hands and just let him make plays. Mm-hmm. You know, you got yep. Jawan and, and Percy and then Summer late. It was like, hey, let's mix it up. I trust my quarterback. He was running, but he knows so well. I think it's changed direction when he's scrambling. You know what I'm talking about? Like where he'll roll mm-hmm. one way. And then loop around yep. the other way. And just the thing that I loved about Shore is I thought Shore always had his eyes downfield. Um, last mm-hmm. year, Nooch uses athleticism a lot and just would – he'd tuck it and run. Now he's just extending plays, you know, and it's, it, it makes it harder to defend because guys know until he crosses a line, he's a threat to throw it 35, 40 yards downfield, not just dink it off. And mm-hmm. he's got Polk and both Stapletons and, you know, Jake Brown who just know how to run and know how to do a scramble drill. It's amazing mm-hmm. the, the the way that the subtle changes in in his game between last year and this year that have made such a big difference. <sighs> um, in the playoffs now, he's doing a much better job, in my opinion, of protecting his body. As as great Me as too. it was to see him just truck that guy against Richmond, we don't really mm-hmm. need to see. We see it January eleventh, fine, no, but we don't need to see it. Yeah, you know, last Saturday he's sliding, he's getting out of bounds, um, he's got that yeah. swagger. It's just it's been a joy to watch. Well, he's taking five yards and getting yep. out of bounds instead of going for seven and risking a yep. fumble or a hit, you know, up the middle. It's really nice to see. And just the decisions on when to yep. run. I mean, there were even a couple times he was tackled this week where I was like, that was he was a whisker away from another yep. huge play, you know. I mean, he did. He led the team in rushing with 62 yards and a touchdown this week. Um, went 19 for 26 for 255 and two touchdowns. The first touchdown to Riley was actually probably the better yeah. throw. The first touchdown was a really sweet yeah, throw. Um, you kind of dropped it in over the guy in front of him. Yeah, it's a really good throw. Um, yeah, I mean, the second one, there was a lot of Riley in the second one, you know. So, yeah, just he's for our friends, and, and you, you all know who you are. We, we love you dearly. We, we really absolutely love you. But, I, I, Rob, I can't tell you how many times I heard at the start of the season, I just don't think we can make it to Frisco with Danucci. Right. <laughs> We're going to Frisco. But you know, so, we also heard the same yeah. thing when Vad graduated. Everybody's like, oh man, they're not going to go oh, the yeah. Shore thing. I don't think Shore can get it. And yeah, we exactly. actually wrote something on the blog, went back and like 
everybody's basing this off of what a three-game sample size of shore. And we went back into mm-hmm. what that least first three games were not spectacular. It's tough to transition to a new offense, new players. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just we're all very quick to judge. And I know next you already hear people talking about, oh man, they need to transfer QB. These guys on the back end. What are we basing this off of? I have right. no idea. Like I trust. Yeah. I'll worry about that or try not to worry about it, but I will consider it and think about it after this season. Um, Correct. Man, it's just, it, it's so reactionary. And there's still people, <laughs> if any mistake happens, they're going to pile on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep. I don't know. It, it's funny. They got, he's he's yeah. answered all the critics, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I got two more. And the one I just, I, I, I can't leave without um, talking about the O-line, yeah. Rob. Uh, it's been so quiet. They've been so good and so general, you know, relatively healthy for that position at this mm-hmm. time of year that we haven't almost talked it's about. It's a luxury. Um, it's a luxury. JMU outgained Weaver State by 200 plus yards yeah. this week. We had almost 500 yards of total yard offense, held the ball for almost 39 minutes after 40, almost 43 minutes against Northern Iowa the week before. I agree with Kurt Signetti, and I know he is a, one thing I enjoy about him is um, for as sort of no nonsense old school as he can be, he absolutely is someone who has read all the stats yeah. and is aware of the world. And he has said multiple times this season, uh, time of possession is not, not, not a stat that that's such a, like he, uh, you know, he could tell he almost wants to yell at people, like, stop getting all old school about time yeah. of possession. That's not indicative of who wins the mm-hmm. ball game. Um, but it's kind of weird because this, these last two weeks, the only reason time of possession was important is because what it showed about the, the way JMU ground out the second half of those yeah. games. You know, it wasn't really about like, it wasn't like, oh, we held the ball and therefore we kept the other team's high powered offense off the field. This wasn't like Army trying to win time no, of possession. No, it was like, let's end the game this was, the second half. Let's end the game by holding on to this. And that all goes to the O line. I didn't feel like JMU had their best game running the ball this week they still had 212 yeah. yards rushing right i mean i don't i don't I, what do you what more can you ask for those guys for i mean when they run to the right side with for and jackson it's a beat down over for, there for um, bad man yeah he really is and obviously mac patrick i mean i'm sure he'll be the first to tell you he was frustrated with the, the penalties this week but he's been so mm-hmm. solid for yeah. so long and i actually thought the the group that plays on the left wilson Gillespie and Bethea I thought, um, really had probably one yeah, of their better Gillespie had a couple week. really nice blocks of spring guys. He did. Um, it was funny. In the stands, everybody was like, did that guy get hurt? And I was like, no, Bethea, they've been kind of rotating, you know, all yeah. season. Um, so, yeah, it's just, just really great work for those guys. And the one other thing I wanted to – I always end on this, Rob. And if you have more, you can get into it. But we got to talk about the third unit, special teams. Much better this um, week. Much better, and a first play of the game, Mateo Jackson, young linebacker from Hermitage. That's where Rashad's from, um, where one of our good friends teaches. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was just great. He made the first tackle on the first kickoff. Saw him in on two or three other plays. But MJ Hampton was in on a bunch of plays on coverage. Both of those guys, you could, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just the semifinals and guys are, who haven't gotten to play as much or don't play as often in the season or just more dialed in like across the roster. Um, but the intensity was up. I thought the coverage units were much, much better. Yeah. Hamilton's a name that, that I noticed or a guy that I noticed during, during the game, they called his name a couple times, yeah. special teams, just getting down there, making plays, hitting guys. Um, 
Yeah, coming. so that's gonna that's good to see. They really are gonna need that um, in the final. So looking forward to seeing that. I guess uh, my, I my last can, thing yeah, I'd say ahead. since we're kind yeah. of on our high horse and calling out other people for their opinions, we we <laughs> like hot takes exposed is gonna come get us for. Uh, what did we spend the first month of the season talking about how we were worried that this running back by committee would never work? We, we, we need to eat some crow. Like, oh yeah, we, we we haven't even mentioned. Yeah, that. I mean, like, yeah. Once again, I think Signetti knows more than us. Um, and then we try to rationalize yeah. it, like, oh well, you know, we we meant one two punch with Percy and Juwan, but <laughs> that that is true. But man, Palmer, it is just it, it's an embarrassment of riches <sighs> what he can do. And I, th- what made me think about this was you saying the way that they just kind of ended the game when yeah. he can bring oh, in a guy boy, like Palmer they. with that sort of run, running style where. I mean, he took guys one time, like, there are three guys on him. They're bending down his knees. I, it was, like, incredible. And then he just stood back up and carried him for another three yards. It's just an absolutely uh-huh. punishing, both mentally and physically punishing, what he can do it, to it the really... defenses. Where he just takes advantage of them. It's like, okay, we're going to bring out fresh legs in the mm-hmm. third or fourth quarter. And this guy's just going to, you know, maybe get three or four first downs. And that's the difference. Mm-hmm. When you have a two-touchdown mm-hmm. lead and you get those extra three first downs oh. on the ground, it's just debilitating, and particularly the way that he does it. He's either just knocking guys over or he's carrying guys past the sticks. Yep. Um, it's it's just crazy. And to get him back at oh. this time when he's got oh. relatively fresh legs, you know, he's coming off injury, yeah. but there's that blessing in the skies aspect of it where it means he hasn't taken all the hits mm-hmm. that the other guys have. Mm-hmm. It was it was really just fun to watch and, and a nice way to see them close the game out. And I can also tell you, I, I, I don't, I don't expect much difference. No. Um, come three weeks from now. Um, NDSU fans will tell you it's because the Valley teams are such great running teams, but the secret, the one area where they've been a little vulnerable and I'm not, you know, not saying they're not yeah. good at everything. Right. Everything's relative. They're good at everything. But they do not have the rush defense that they have had in past years. Um, and certainly the way JMU wants it, – it's interesting, right? Because at the same time, if JMU falls behind or, or some, you know, there's interceptions or penalties or something like, like you could get taken out of that as your yeah. game plan. Um, but at the same time, this idea of we're going to grind, grind, grind on the ground and Percy and this line, eventually Percy and Fornado will wear you down and then we'll put Latrell yeah. in. That might be a pretty good plan in three weeks yeah. too. So, yeah, we'll we'll just we'll we'll get to that later. But I think that's a yeah. I forgot. I can't believe I, we went the whole time and I didn't mention we didn't mention Latrell. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. and the other that was Holloway. Awesome. Evidently, he's going to be okay. Oh. My heart nearly stopped yep. there. Me too. Yeah, that was me too. And I was we were watching it. I had like yeah, he looked. And I will say we were really we were watching that intently. Um, and. It was really, uh, first of all, I was very glad after he went in the tent, he came out with no shoe yeah. on. So we knew it was an ankle and not a knee. Yeah. And you definitely had the sense of, okay, well, you know, worst case, high ankle sprain. He's got three weeks. He could probably give it a go. Yeah. You know, um, you're worried more about the knee being, you know, season ending kind of thing. And then Signetti did say after the game that, um, you know, had the score been different, Holloway might have tried to give it a go. I mean, he came out after halftime taped with shoes on ready to go again and they didn't ever need to put it back in so that yeah i, I was with you that that's another big thing i mean we'll, we'll get to this in the next two weeks but jamie's never been healthier um relatively everybody's banged up but with three weeks they should be in pretty good shape for frisco yeah. 
um, it's certainly shaping up on both sides to be one of the best we've, we've ever seen. So it's pretty great. Um, big thanks to Mossy Creek for that section. Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the shop anytime, mention the podcast, and get a free sticker. So go visit Colby and Brian. I'm sure they'll be having some sales after Christmas, but you can even get your last minute. They've got some tomorrow. great sales going on now, actually. Yeah. So go check A couple check Loomis them out. rods. Um, get so your plans. Yeah. And, and go make your plans for next spring. Um, we'll be down there at some point. So go visit those guys and get the free sticker for mentioning the podcast. Uh, Rob, well, let's do two. Th- let's do one each of looking ahead before we get to okay. overtime. Um, you know, Oh, one thing we should say, if you didn't read it, Rob brought it up earlier. I wanted to mention that article on Hero Sports by Chase Kitty is, is really yeah, fun it to is. read. He did, he's, he's a and, good writer, man. He really is. Yeah, and he's, I think he, like us, he has to write a lot of con- – I mean, he's an actual yeah. pro, but he cranks out a lot of content. And this was one that you could tell was uh, – you know, we, we do this. This comes up like once every – once a year, once, once or twice a year for each of us. Um, for him, it's more like once every couple of weeks. But you could tell his heart was really in it. This was a good yeah. piece. It was a fun piece to write. And that's somebody who has a real, you know, a bird's eye view of what this program's been through. And just kudos to Chase. And thanks for writing that piece. It's a lot of fun yeah, to we, read. Yeah, we retweeted um, it. It's on herosports.com. Mm-hmm. But check out our Twitter, mm-hmm. JD Sports Blog, and you'll see we retweeted it. Um, you can take it yeah. up directly to the article and read it. Yeah. Um, I don't think – oh, the one other thing on the Frisco front uh, before we get into the looking ahead thing, I wanted to mention. I did notice that JMU is going to do a, another volunteer event on Friday, and I don't know if I'm going to make it early enough to be a part of that event this year, but just wanted to stress again what a great time that was in, um, in Frisco for me personally. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you think? Yeah, it was pretty great. Uh, but it was great even at the time, um, you know, and, and just anybody who can get involved in that, go be involved. It was just so, it made me feel so proud to be uh, Jamie. It's, it's a neat tradition. So, so props. To the yeah, it's cool that they're going to do that again. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Rob, what, what's the one thing you're most looking forward to um, <laughs> other than like SmackDown? I, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that at all. There's so no, many people who need it. Like, I, I still I keep telling myself that. All fan bases are good. Don't judge yourself. Don't judge my Twitter. Yeah. Ads, but it's been good thus far, but oh. um, I can't believe these people are even aware of us. That's a story for another day. But like, And I started in on it. I shouldn't have, but I started in on it the last oh, couple well, days. Oh, so, whatever. Yeah. Okay, then you can respond. I'll yeah. just ignore. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not going to say anything bad about NDSU. They're here again because they're always here because they're good new coach, freshman quarterback, it doesn't matter. But I do think this is, on paper at least, not as intimidating of a team um, as years past. You know, like going mm-hmm. into that semifinal, uh, what was it, 2016, I had all the confidence in the world yeah. in the Jamie team, but I was scared to death about that game. Yeah. The following year, I JMU was very, very good, but I still felt like – they were a deserved underdog going to the championship game mm-hmm. and they made some mistakes. I don't know. I'm, I'm more confident this year. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's more of kind of an even matchup or maybe even tilted in Jamie's favor. Um, and you know mm-hmm. me, I say this all the time, but like I'm the most nervous fan on earth. I'll be a nervous wreck the day of the game, but right now mm-hmm. I'm really confident. I think Jamie matches up very well. I think Jamie mm-hmm. is so balanced 
then it makes them mm-hmm. the more difficult team to prepare for. And I think we've seen that thus far in the playoffs, as great as North Dakota State is, and they deserve every good thing that people say about them. It's just week, mm-hmm. year in, year out, program, they come prepared, they're never outcoached, blah, 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 blah. We get all that. But mm-hmm. JMU has played a lot of good teams with a lot of good coaches, and nobody's mm-hmm. come up with a scheme that has been able to slow nope. down JMU. We saw like some things happen, some mistakes made against Nova and Stony Brook. JMU still won. We haven't seen somebody really do anything to take JMU out of its game. Northern Iowa last week, you can talk about only scoring 17 points. I think that is a credit to their defense, but I also think that was Signetti and the coaches saying, we're going to play a style that will not be high scoring, but it will be effective. Mm-hmm. We're going to do what we need to do. And if we need to win one nothing, we'll win one nothing. So mm-hmm. I, I, don't know, I don't know if this makes any sense, but like, I just think JMU yeah. is so difficult to prepare for, and they've got the athletes. I, I really like their chances. I really, really do. So, yeah, it, I think that's a good way of looking at it. I, I was thinking that I, I feel like this is a, I guess this is meant with a lot of respect towards NDSU, which is I feel like this JMU team is more like NDSU yeah. um, than the previous two teams that went to Frisco. Um, I don't think this JMU team needs to be all rah-rah. They don't need to play a perfect, inspired, incredible. All those things would be great. They need to play their game, and that's what they need to do is the way I feel about this team. And that 16 team, I think, was so hungry, JMU team. And Houston was the perfect coach to light that fire, you know, Um they were so hungry. Yeah, they, I mean, they, 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 played hungry, they were talented, a, but it really, against North Dakota State, that was just like piss and vinegar in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was a night of just... And yeah, Abdullah was amazing, but that was just like, we are going to exert our will in the fourth quarter. Right. Houston may have said, lock the damn gates in the New Hampshire game, but that was the night that JMU had that kind of a yeah. fire, you know, um, in them. And they needed that. And then they got, you know, they were, obviously were more talented than, than Youngstown in the championship. Um, the next year's JMU team, you know, they, 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 they didn't have, I mean, NDSU had the hunger a little bit. They'd been knocked off their perch and, you know, I think JMU thought they had that. And, it, it, you know, you can argue over which team was more talented that second year. Um, one thing for certain, I think the first year for the second year for NDSU, Easton Stick was a still developing player mm-hmm. versus a, his finished product as a college player that second year. And that was a big difference. And that's kind of how I feel about Danucci yeah. this year. Um, that I think we're getting the finished product of Danucci. And yeah, I'm really excited to see how he performs. I, all of us. I'm so excited, Rob, to see how uh, Daka and Carter stack up with the two tackles, two All-American tackles for NDSU. I mean, this has got to have pro scouts salivating yeah. to watch the, these four guys yeah. go at it's each a four other. for one. I mean, make one be, trip. Scout four guys. Yeah, make one. Right, and and this receiver Watson for them against Rashad, um, you know our guys. Like I, I just I'm so excited to watch this game. Um, it, it's nerve wracking because I think it's one of those that a mistake. You know, it is going to come probably come down to two or three plays. Well, that's what it, last time um, they played in Frisco. It's just a couple yeah, mistakes for the difference. That's always nerve wracking. But what a fun game um, as a fan and. And you mentioned something earlier, Rob. The one thing I'm really excited, you know, we've been saying that JMU hasn't taken the, uh, they haven't fully opened the playbook. And they haven't in terms of like any kind of trickery. They haven't really done anything fancy. But they have gone for 
what are they seven, seven for seven. seven in the playoffs on fourth downs? Yeah. So Signetti, this is definitely a different Signetti. Um, <laughs> you know, in terms of where he's drawing the line and what he's willing to risk. And I'm kind of excited to see this with a full, you know, they haven't put a single Harry O'Kelly play on film. All but Tom, though, like, is it different or is it yeah. just our perception of him? I, I think some of it is my perception of him because I think of him as this no-nonsense guy. And he says, I'm going to run the ball and we're going to beat you. And, and I just somehow I still associate that with being conservative. But if I recall, yeah. didn't he go for it at a couple big moments with Elon against you? <laughs> Yeah, he you sure know, did. So like, I think you're right. I think it is. I think it's perception. some perception. Like, and it's also like he's the only guy to beat Shamu in Bridgeport in something like the past 31 games. Yeah, you know, exactly. a, that was a good yeah. Elon team with Cheek, and then the running back who got hurt. I forgive me, his name escapes me, but um, yeah, yeah, but, Malcolm Summers. And the rest of kind of went away, but like he had a couple really impressive calls in a very close game on the road against Jamie. So I don't know. I mean, like he seems to be very calculated and very confident, more understated than conservative. That I think that's right. And that's probably a great way of looking at it, Rob. I had not. Yeah. I'm probably giving, selling him a little short on that. Yeah. Well, I am too. Um, I'm not, I'm not throwing at you. I'm saying I, and I, I think he way. just is a guy who he's going to win the, the most efficient way he can win. And that that's not conservative to the point of like, <laughs> I'm not going to take any chance. It's just like, it is. It's like once I get up here to where I don't have to take chances, why am I going to run a halfback pass? Yeah. You know, like that kind there's of no stuff. There's no stop points, but there's plenty of F you. You didn't really just try to ask my kicker. And they got, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have a, uh, with that, we're going to move on to overtime tonight off topic here. Um, and we took a sort of smorgasbord of Christmas questions on all manner of things. Um, we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit here, Rob. Um, I think we both have some of these up. We'll save some of the worst for last. <laughs> but well, yeah, I posted this we'll, on Facebook um, too. We didn't get a single question yeah. on Facebook. What, no, two weeks like ago? Today, like, I, I did the same thing. Oh, on Facebook, Facebook, yeah, Facebook yeah, Twitter. on Twitter, we got like 15 Facebook's these. stupid algorithm. Like, it's so whatever. They're just trying to get us to buy more, <laughs> have more people reach us, reach more people. It's complete garbage. Yes. I do not trust this at yeah. all. That is a terrible, terrible platform. But moving on. Right. Well, you don't think there's any, you don't think there's any JMU adjacent sites. Oh, <laughs> we're <laughs> we getting into that. But I feel like every time we post um, something, we get a message saying it's outperforming 85% of your posts. Just give us $20. <laughs> oh, yeah. Another thousand people. Like, such a yeah, oh, Meanwhile, Twitter, you post it and people actually respond. So, anyway. All right. all right. So we got a couple. Um, one from Real John Paul YT. Uh, eggnog, yes or no, Rob? Oh, big yes. Big, big yes, yes for me. Yes. Um, yes. I, I, usually, I don't have a ton, but I will go out and get some uh-huh. tomorrow night. I know I'll have some bourbon. Mm-hmm. And when I'm done playing Santa or while I'm playing Santa, I will um, definitely have myself an eggnog and, and whiskey. What about you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, right yes. behind you. Um, I probably will not be as aggressive as you in terms of um, you know, procuring it myself. <laughs> But if it's if it's available to me along the way here in the next week, I will be partaking. Yeah, no, I love it. I <laughs> yes. think it's great. I also like it because yeah. I don't want to have a lot of it, which is good for me, considering there's a lot of driving mm-hmm. and everything around the holidays. So I think it's a good kind of nurse it, be festive, and kind of be part of the crowd, but not get yourself in bad situations or say anything you don't want to say. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one from at LTR West One on Twitter. Uh, white lights or colored lights, Rob? 
I'm I'm team white lights for the for the front yeah. of the house. Our backyard, uh-huh. um, I let the boys do colored lights. So, but I'm very classic for the front. Okay. And the tree is just white lights. What about you? Okay, so I'm yeah. So I'm I'm um, I'm actually just pro lights. Yeah. All the lights. Um, but I do tend to it is it is white lights outside and colored lights on the on the main yeah. tree. Um, that's the family one family tradition at my yeah. house. So, yeah, we yes. have white lights around the oh. front of the porch and then on the tree and then the backyard. It's the boys can do whatever they want. So we've got colored lights around the trees mixed in with white lights and green lights, and it looks like oh. a ten year old and a, or eleven year old and nine year old and a middle aged dad designed it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of that, I'm gonna. This is a great one for you, Rob, because I know the answer. Um, but sort of a two questions here um, from at Duke Dog Nation. Uh, real or fake, and any specific JMU ornaments? Well, I'm definitely I'm, let you I'm real to the tune of $120, whatever I spent to cut down this tree this year. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was fun. As my wife reminded me, like, yes. it's the experience. We drove way out to Berryville, Virginia, to Snickers Gap Farm. Really, really cool. There's a brewery ne- right next door. You get 10% off if you show up with a tree. Um, but it was really fun. We've gone out the past two years and cut down our own tree and dragged it back like Clark Griswold. I love it. I love real trees. I like going to get them. I like hanging up. I like decorating them. And I do have JMU ornaments. Um, I've got a Duke Dog Santa, which... That's what I was going to say. You have an awesome Yeah, I've got Santa. a JMU Santa, which yeah. my wife seems to have hidden from me this year. Um, I don't know where it is. <laughs> and then I also have a very 70s-esque, like, old-school Christmas ball that is JMU yellow with purple writing. Uh-huh. And it is it is very not up to speed or hip, but I love it. Yeah, I have a, I do not have the Santa. I do have a national championship 2016 ornament. And I think one other kind of random JMU ornament. Um, But one of my, my favorite ornaments are my mom got me all four. She got me the four yearly, like annual JMU ornaments. The four years I was at JMU. Oh, wow. That's so and cool. that, so I have like a J, yeah, it's like a JMU Christmas 95, 96, 97, 98 are like my favorite. Yeah, that's just really cool. Those are my favorite. I put them each back in their individual boxes, and that's like my favorite thing to hang on the tree. That's cool. Year. So my parents yeah, have a JMU yeah. stocking ornament that I really like. It's like knit, it's purple <laughs> and white, and gold. I don't know what else, but it's an it's cool. I like it. They always have it up. Nice. So we got a few questions from at Matt John Willis on Twitter. Um, do you have, and it's kind of like a series of questions here. Do you have any like specific traditions, uh, for your family, like a gift the night before that you get to open or that nobody can come downstairs before everyone's ready? And then, uh, the second question was like, does one person pass out the gifts or is it kind of everybody grabs or, or spread out between who gives oh, the geez. gifts? Well, the, these, does someone this is down? really a good yeah. question, but. Yeah, yeah, we do have a tradition where the boys exchange gifts on Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. So I have two sons, which I talk about all the time, but uh-huh. they give each other their presents on Christmas Eve. It's something my sisters and I mm-hmm. did. We exchanged sibling gifts the night before. My boys do it yep. the morning before because they're going to work, so they're already okay. telling me. <laughs> I've got to wake them up before I go to work. Yeah, tomorrow. tomorrow morning. Okay, yeah, they'll be tomorrow, doing it. Yeah. Um, so that's not, and then we do make them – Their their room is on the same floor as the tree. But we make them put on their pajamas and get ready and we go put the lights on and they're not allowed to go out until my wife and I are out there already ready to take pictures. And then we try to do the handout thing, but it turns into a complete free-for-all. And 
mostly James ripping paper up and throwing it in the air and being crazy. But and and then we actually <laughs> okay, have so... a traditional breakfast, which oh, people cool. think this is gross, but we saw it on Top Chef years ago. Oh, what is it? it it's good. Waffles? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner waffles, where we've got a waffle iron and we make oh. waffles. And then this sounds weird, but trust me, if you like savory and sweet and salty and all together, uh-huh. then you cover it in um, refried beans and then uh-huh. ham and Munster cheese and syrup uh-huh. and parsley and then a fried egg on top. And you put it onto the broiler and it's delicious. Oh. It, it looks wow. like a hot mess, but we were like, oh, we that saw it on awesome. Top Chef like the first season. We're like, bitch, that's good. <laughs> and we just kind of made it, I think, before we even had kids. And now we have it every uh-huh. Christmas morning. And everybody looks at us like we're eating from the trash can. But I'm telling you, it's delicious. So, yeah, what about it. you? Uh, yeah, I'll do that. I don't um, – we didn't do the – we did the downstairs thing, but I don't mm-hmm. have children. So I am uh, – I have to admit my nephew, um, who I talk about a lot, who is 10 right now, I've beaten him to – like, he's actually not one of those that wakes up super early. He's an only maybe, oh. so it's just not as like my crazy sister Megan feeding each as other. You'd expect was like the four thirty yeah. a.m. waking me. And Katie <laughs> up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. So I've actually beaten Will to the house a couple of wow. times. Um, but the gift the night before, one funny story about that is I'm sure this is a hyper local Northern Virginia story, and I'm sure that there are a few of you out there in my age range and quite a bit younger even um, who know the. I don't know whether to call them infamous or notorious Santa at Merrifield Garden mm-hmm. Center for many years. Um, I think he has, is finally no longer doing it or has passed away. My brother, I know that my nephew started out going to that Santa, um, a little bit creepy. Uh, but he used to do this thing, and my parents hated it, and I didn't understand, and now I completely understand, where he would wait until the end as you tell him your stuff, and then he would say, Oh, so there's going to be one gift at the foot of your bed wrapped in green paper with red polka dots that's going to say um, you could open on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. And, of course, my mom like didn't have – he'd be like, you know, pink and white yeah. wrapping paper, like whatever thing. And she would have to scramble and like figure this out. It's like, be like evil Santa. Uh, Santa ran yeah. out of this wrapping paper or whatever. Yeah, she was like, oh, gosh. Um, so that was one. And then my family's um, Christmas morning thing, I don't think we're alone in this, but is a like a sausage strata. Oh, I love strata. So like an egg yeah. casserole. Yeah, that's always been our, and that's actually passed from my mom to my sister-in-law uh, is now the, the strata master. Strata. So, yes, the keeper of the strata. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Rob, well, speaking of Santa, though, from, I, we had our yeah. Christmas party Saturday afternoon. Yeah, and uh-huh. Gasser's daughter, who's adorable and is very shy. Mm-hmm. Last year, got very excited. We always have somebody dressed up as Santa. Typically, it was my father-in-law. He couldn't make it last year, so I had to do it. And Rob's mm-hmm. little girl was just enthralled, like, "Oh my gosh, Santa!" <gasps> and she's, I mean, she's at this party with all these adults and like older kids, and so clearly she's a little bit shy, as you expect. But she came up to me during the party, and she's like, "Hey, hey, is Santa coming this year?" And I was like, oh, and we weren't really planning on it. We weren't sure because all the kids are a little bit yeah. too old. So we decided I got to be Santa again. And she's like, Santa's got to yeah. come. Santa's got to come, Mr. Rabbit. So I come upstairs and she goes, you're just daddy's friend. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? You know? And it was so cute. But then I talked to her afterwards and I pulled it. I was like, well, and she's like, I don't understand why you did that. And she's like distraught. And I was like, 
well, I know Santa, and he let me come. I'm one of his helpers, so I can deliver messages. Yeah. She was a note, but it was so adorable. And then she just completely called me out, like, "You're not Santa. You're Daddy's friend." Like, right, thank you very much. <laughs> Put thank you. That... By a little, little, cute little three or four year old girl. So. You can put your white hat from Carmen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, Wexelsior, who uh, frequently tweets with us. Um, tree in the corner or more out in the open, Rob? I, I'm going to shove it in the corner. Yeah, I, I, I wish we had a big, huge house where it's sitting all yeah, around. Yeah, I was going to say, this is really like space yeah, dependent I mean, here. I love it. I love it. Clearly, mm-hmm. I'm like Christmas dork. But um, if we had a big tree, I would set up like one of those mall displays where we could walk around it and blah, blah, blah. No, I've mm-hmm. always been of just put it in the corner and then kind of hand out the gifts, and that's that's the centerpiece. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I haven't had a, like a tradition of my own on this. My parents have a big bay, like a bay window. Kind oh, I of love setup. that. You can see it from the street. Where, right yeah. where the tree. Yeah, you can't see it from the tree street because they're like in the. Tr- I don't know. It's on the end of the house where you can't okay. see that much. But but they do have like a kind of a nook for it right out in the middle of the room. That's perfect. You know, um, so that's kind of weird. Um, Oh, Michael One Clutch. Michael underscore One Clutch. Poof. Mike Morris. Yeah. Favorite cookie um, or treat around Christmas, Rob? Oh, man. Um, we make, uh, or we, Jessica makes, I eat. Um, these little uh-huh. melting moments, they're very simple. Like, I think people call them like oh. Mexican wedding cookies. They're just like, they're oh. very tiny. They look like little snowballs. It's like a, almost like a shortbread oh. with just powdered sugar on it. Oh. It's incredibly simple. Like Jessica nice. said, there's like four ingredients, but they just, they're yeah. amazing. They just melt in your mouth and they're great with coffee, which is kind of uh-huh. just, it, it needs to be great with coffee for me to enjoy it if it's a treat. Yeah. Uh, you know, cutouts for me, cut out homemade, cut out sugar cookies with like self-decorated red hots and sprinkles oh, and uh, <laughs> random silver That balls. takes me back to the yeah, challenge. The red hots especially. Yeah, that, yeah. Yes. Yes. The red hots are the best. Um, our buddy Dookie ninety five, uh, TJ, asking us. He's he's made it to this point in his life, um, into his fifth decade on the planet uh, without seeing "It's a Wonderful Life." Um, should he watch the yes, movie? Yes, of course he should. Yes, yes. I mean yes, you need to. I'm not gonna. I'm not one of these people who watches it year in year out. But it was my father's favorite movie of all time. Still oh. is, I guess. That or The Godfather. Very different mm-hmm. ends of the spectrum. But no, it's absolutely it's iconic. Jimmy Stewart and. Just, if yeah. for no other reasons that you understand the countless pop culture references that are thrown out your way, yes. um, you got to watch it. It's a good one. It'll, it'll make you feel good. Yeah. And yes, we, we don't have to go off on this. This is its own podcast, but pop culture reference, Rob, did you get to watch any of Eddie? Um, that's, I guess that's another little tradition. Jessica and I often do that after we finish. The Tom Waits. Well, we'll, we'll do it like tomorrow night after putting everything yeah. out. We we're going to watch it oh, yesterday, good. but the boys wanted to go see Star good. Wars. But no, we will definitely watch it tomorrow night. This will be a fun, a fu- uh, just enjoy yourself. <laughs> My cousin dressed yeah. up his two little kids as Clark and Eddie for Christmas photos oh. and put them all over Instagram, yes. including yeah. having the hose of like, you know, the shitter's full photo. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah, hilarious. Yeah. I mean, like it's Pulitzer oh, awesome. worthy as far as I'm concerned. Well, I think that answers our next one from at Daryl Beck, vacation or story. Uh, this, I, I, oh, right. I don't know. Like I, this was really tough for me. They're both so, so good. Like, you can't go wrong. But no. it, it, I think I got to go crucifixion. Yeah, I think I do, too. I, I think I do, too. I, I just, um, for me, that's the one I look forward to. It's sort of my annual 
you know, like I, I find a time to watch that every yeah. year. Um, I love Christmas story and it's probably a little, you know, it's obviously less ridiculous and a little more like it, it hits, it's closer to home yeah. for a lot of people, I think. Right. But, um, yeah, I'm with you. You can't go wrong with it. There, you can't go wrong there though. Yeah. Um, worst outdoor decoration. That's, um, I don't remember that guy's name. It's at, I don't know if how you say it. Uh, Cal, California, like Calif. IDJ. So yeah. Worst outdoor decoration. I, is, is there anything one that stands out to you? I don't know that I've I... never been a big part of plastic Santa's. And, and that, oh, that's okay. most of you probably aren't as exposed uh-huh. to those. They were really big in my cousin's neighborhood in Jersey. <laughs> like really big. <laughs> and we used to go out during the parents' party after Christmas, my cousins and mm-hmm. I, and just throw snowballs at all of them. <laughs> and knock them down. And then we'd throw snowballs like back in the 80s when car alarms were a big mm-hmm. deal and try to get all the car alarms to go off. But um, uh-huh. I think they've got them on vacation. You know, like the plastic things that Clark starts kicking. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't kicking. know. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never been a big fan of those. They're like the plastic reindeer. I, I don't like big plastic no. things. The one for me is the newer, um, a newer, I mean, 20 years, whatever. The like, with all the lighting improvements, people have been able to throw those ones up that like project on the house. And I'm not, they're not all bad, but there's a very fine line with those between like good, cool and, and good lazy and like, and lazy. Yeah. yeah or ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, or not, or out of focus. Yeah. Like, I, I, I feel like yeah. people that can do them well, it, it looks mm-hmm. really good, but then there's people like me yeah. who know to stay away. Cause I would not be able to pull it off. I would uh, just have like random snowflakes shining into my bedroom window and keeping me up all night or something. All right, last two. Um, Dave Fairbanks, our old friend and longtime um, interaction. And now guy, OBX resident. Uh, at yeah. Fairbanks, yeah. OBX. Yes, OBX resident. Um, and, and really good writer himself. Yes. Um, a real, we'll, real we'll throw that out there. Retired newspaper. Yeah, real, the real deal. Yes. Um, Rob, this is one that we've done a whole show on this before, but um, Off the Radar Christmas Song. Hmm. Or Under the Radar <laughs> Christmas Song. I mean, I mean, just in terms of like, I mean, I think, you know, maybe not going to hear it on like holiday classics on, on. Well, series. I guess the Kinks Father Christmas, which is actually horrible and sad mm-hmm. if you listen to the lyrics, but mm-hmm. it's a great song and that doesn't get a ton of play maybe because I uh-huh. guess the Kinks don't get any play. You don't even hear Lola anymore, but yeah, that <laughs> Father Christmas is great, but it's, you know, about a guy getting mugged, which is not always cool. Um, no. Can we say Fairytale New York or is that? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that was almost exactly what yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. Um I wasn't gonna say it this year, um, for my own my own thoughts, but yeah, that's that's exact that's still number one, I think, in both our yeah. minds for Christmas songs. Yeah. So the Pogues fairy tale New York what's and mine Wham's last Christmas. I, I love it. it. I'll say like I, I think man, I, I don't know that's guilt I don't consider it a guilty pleasure. That's just a great it's not song. Even a guilty pleasure. It's just yeah. great. It's just really good. I, yeah. But I feel like that's polarizing. Really, I think a lot of people don't like it and they're wrong. No, they're wrong. And, and almost everything related to George Michael remains underrated, yes. in my yeah, opinion. I agree. So, yeah. well, I'll go to the mat for yeah, that one. Yeah. I really think he yes. was a great performer. Yeah, and, and mine, I, I don't know if I would say this is off the radar. I, I think it's just off the radar in terms of thinking of it as a Christmas song. Um, it, I, and I've brought this up before, but it's Joni Mitchell, The River. Yeah. Um, I love that. Another, like, not particularly, not particularly happy Christmas yeah. song. Um, yeah, we chose some downers oh, yeah, between a... that, the Pogues, yeah, yeah, really. and, and the Kinks, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And we didn't. Oh, and we didn't even bring up Christmas in Hollis this year. But okay, which is an old. <laughs> um, yeah, and speaking of the opposite side of this coin, Rob, we had to save this for last. Um, from at Nick Phillips, what's your feeling on Christmas Eve in Washington, and why is it not a top three? Christmas because it's song? the worst song. It's not even the worst Christmas song. It's the worst piece of music ever created. <laughs> it's. I'm incredibly proud of our country. I love Christmas. <laughs> I love being a part of the D.C. area, and it is just a stain on all of those things. It is just, a t- I just, I just think of, like, being stuck in the back of my dad's station wagon, listening to WMAL, when I'm just like, end this stupid song and let me know where Santa is. Give me the NORAD tracker. And you've got this awful woman, just like the sappiest, terrible, it's, I, like, I'd rather listen to a traffic report set to, set to like, bells in the background. I don't even know how that's like, I don't know who recorded it. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know why any of it happened. They all should have, if your license is like a recording engineer or a sort of, you should lose your license after recording that song. You should be banished and like forced to just, you can't, you just Christmas is done. You can't celebrate anymore. Jesus and Santa agree. It's just terrible. Agree. Yes. Just, that song, it, it makes me want to rip my ears off. It is so bad. And we might, I just, I can't say enough. We might have to revisit this next year with the actual lyrics oh. to describe. Is and, it a thing? Like, do people know what we're be, talking about who, who are not from around they here? They do. They do know. What, if they're oh, from, if they're around, from around, here, around here, they, they know. know. Because if they're not from around here, they might think this song is totally innocuous. Fine. I think it's actually way worse if you're yes. from around here. That's the problem, right? Is that it's about federal Washington, not, not about, about Washington, Washington. Up. It's <laughs> awful. It's like an OPM, it's like an OPM to... report set to music. <laughs> it's just, yes, oh. it is. And you brought up WMAL. I'm like, I, I, that's exactly right. I'm like sitting in the back of my dad's Chevelle, yeah. <laughs> thinking like, where's Ken Beatrice? Exactly. <laughs> You're next. You're next. Yes. I, I just, oh, I, that's but so like, sick. that's not a natural thing. Like, does it get any play outside of this region? Oh Lord, I hope not. <laughs> That's oh, it's such a bad song, such it's a bad, as bad song. as they come. Oh, though that is a perfect note to end on. I hope that uh, somewhere Jamie Swag is happy with Rob's um, performance. There That's no the performance. <laughs> that is completely heartfelt. That's, I, I That's hate right. that. With you know, as much as I love Christmas, multiply that by fifty, oh. and that's how much I hate that song. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, but thank you all for another uh, incredible season to this point. Uh, we are not done yet. We are going to find a way. We will we'll probably find a way to do something uh, next week, even if it's sort of a brief, just Todd and Rob joking around a little bit, keep everybody involved. I was dying for JMU content last week, and there was like never enough. And I'm sure there's not going to be much this week, and it's going to be a long three weeks to Frisco. So, if anybody's feeling like I am, um, hopefully we can get you one, if not two more shows between now and then. We will definitely be back um, after the new year for sure with a pretty cool show leading into Frisco. A very good guest, former, um, uh, former pro football yeah. player and Jamie Duke. That's we'll right. leave it at that. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. And um, we got to let you guys know, uh, just have fun out there. Um, take it with a grain of salt from NDSU. Um, sometimes their sarcasm meter is bro- more broken than ours yeah. is. So, um, and I guess you know, like, no, if you're the just, type of guy who likes to mix it up or type of gal likes to mix it up, yeah, go for go it. Go for it. Um, mm-hmm. Don't get offended if they mix it right back up with you. Chances are they're, they're approaching it with the same kind of jokingness you are. I know I've gotten caught up in that where 
I think I'm kidding around mm-hmm. and somebody's kidding around me. And next thing you know, you're screaming at each other. <laughs> so, yeah. It's actually just this one guy from Northern Iowa that's still bothering. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. It's just, for, yeah, it, it, if you're go, fortunate enough to go to Frisco, own... have a drink with somebody, wish them well, mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, like any other fan base, you're going to end up having a good experience. Um, don't, don't judge the whole fan base based on one or two bad interactions any more so than anybody should judge the Jamie fan base on anything you or I say, you know, exactly. And just have fun with this. Enjoy your holiday. Um, have a Merry Christmas, everybody, you know, um, whatever you're celebrating, have a great new year's. If we don't talk to you before then, uh, we're thrilled to be here. We will be back with all the fun stuff. Uh, enjoy your holiday, put this aside for a couple of weeks, except for, you know, doing whatever you need to do to figure out what you're going to do for the championship. If you're going to the game, get your plans made. Totally worth it. If you're not going, uh, find a watch. And also, thank you, thank you, up. thank you to all the people who've reached out already, um, offering to help us out with tickets, unsolicited. Yeah. I mean, it's incredibly yeah. flattering and really means a lot to us. I'm sorry if we don't reply to each and every one of you, but really, really cool yeah. to know that people are thinking of us. Yeah. Kind of create our own sense of the JMU sports community, and by the way, you guys back with us, treated dress, and I mean the, the many many beers people have bought us first or Harrisburg beers. Um, so we really appreciate it. And I promised my people, Rob, that I would give a special shout out at the end of the show tonight. You all are all going to hear a lot about this over the next three weeks from us. Um, but my triad Dukes down in Greensboro, Winston Salem, High Point. I have already planned their watch party for the Garage Tavern in Greensboro, North Carolina. Super fun place. Um, Get out there. You will meet the man himself, D-Man. That's actually his name, (laughs) D-Man. He holds it down for the JMU game every week. Uh, This place is awesome. It's kind of a, Rob, you'll never, there's no way to possibly describe this outside of the state of North Carolina, but it's like one of these private deals that's not private oh yeah because they don't officially serve food but they have like an awesome setup and great beer cool stuff um go there it's like five dollars to join or something like you'll totally be worth it um go ask for janet and d-man they will be there they will hook this up um i know they are getting ready they have been annoying the patrons at this establishment for the entire three years they've been open about the dukes um start to finish and they are it's going to be really really great so everybody down there in the triad of north carolina in the piedmont look for the garage tavern coming up yeah that sounds awesome man so, yeah, there's yeah. Gonna be watch yeah, parties gonna be all really over cool. i'm sure there's already a ton planned for this area um people i know i've talked to people who are having big parties at their house plenty of people going to frisco some people yep. didn't get tickets got shut out but just You've figured out. Tickets become available too over the next couple of weeks. We made the cut, Rob. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> right. Well, so, yeah. well, we'll I will be having. We'll see what happens. You don't have to. You know, we don't have to I will be having the watch this. party for the um ten ten and under Alexandria boys basketball <laughs> that I'm sure everybody right, right. is just as excited about. I got a pretty good squad this year. Think <laughs> think nice, nice. it could be good. Um, maybe finish five hundred. You never know. But which I'll see. Um, I will say. Um, and I will be at our party the other night. I was uh-huh. very pleased to see, as there are a number of JMU fans in attendance, like at our party, to see all the uh-huh. kids getting very excited. When, when the game Good. went on, and certain yep. certain boys, Millions Kid, you know, my kids, Not, obviously, yeah. some of their other friends from school, very excited, very waiting for the game, and like 
just as tuned in and as excited about that as they were about the NFL games and everything, but definitely a next generation of fans. It's, it's cool to see like our kids and to see elementary school kids actually care and look forward to these games and be able to watch them and, and cheer on with their friends. So it was, it was fun. I was disappointed. I wasn't able to Super make cool. it, but it was really cool to see my kids all jump on the couch with their buddies and tune in mm-hmm. and start cheering when Riley scored. And it was neat. Yeah. I actually ran into my boss's boss at the Dicks in Harrisonburg this weekend. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Like big deal for me, you know, yeah. <laughs> work-wise and uh, just, they have a place that yeah, somewhere near mess, nothing. Um, but son um, got into JMU and a little bit, it did not grow up here all the time. Grew up in Ohio mostly. Um, so not, doesn't have sort of the longstanding tradition that, that we have. Um, and she asked, she came, actually came by today and asked me if I would like maybe talk to her son, <laughs> talk to this, her son about going to JMU. Yeah, be the closer. Of course. Yeah. Right, right. Always be so, closer. Um, yeah, exactly. So that was pretty cool. No, that's awesome to hear about your boys. But hopefully we, this, this run, this last four years, th- these are the good old days, people. Um, or are they so starting the hell run? Let's look at the other one. Well, <laughs> well, I sure hope so. But just through three times in four years. It's pretty special. Um, yeah, these are the ones we're going to talk about 25 years yeah. from now. So be, be, you know, enjoy it while we're here. Uh, the team's really good. Rob? Merry Christmas, my yeah, friend. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Will, uh, Happy Hanukkah. I think it's the second night yeah. now we're recording this for every celebrates. Yeah. And uh, New uh-huh. Year coming up. Hope everybody has happy and safe New Year's Eve. Absolutely. I'll uh, talk to you next week. Yeah, have a good one. Go Dukes. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. So rolls enough that both fade in love and let's all dance. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a I remember down in Houston, we were putting on a show. When a cowboy in the back stood up and yelled, Hot Nacho! He said, we love what you're doing. Boys, don't get us wrong. There's just something missing in your song. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana band. So rolls enough that both are in love and let's all dance. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band.